Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. On today's show, I sit with Kimberly Price. She is a whole self-health coach who likes to teach women how to break the rules by taking the hell out of healthy and empowering you to shift your views on living, loving, aging, and everything in between. She's also the host of the podcast, Aging Like a Badass. I had a really cool conversation with Kimberly, and we talked about how after she was diagnosed and went through cancer and recovered, she expected to be able to step fully back into her business the same way that she was prior to her diagnosis, and how she had to change who she was, how she was leading, and how she was dealing with her business entirely. It was really interesting to see the lessons that she learned and how she stepped up and is now growing a business that's even larger and serving more people. My name is Emmy Krishner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, Kimberly, welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm so excited to have you share with everybody as not just your ordinary wellness, uh, wellness expert, but a whole self-coach what that really means. Because I know for a lot of people, wellness has a lot of different meanings. And sometimes it can mean a very specific thing to them. And sometimes it means a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, it's interesting. And first, I wanted to say thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on this and have a conversation with you. So um, wellness. So that's a word that actually I do call myself a whole self wellness coach. And it, it's actually something I've struggled with. Um, I've struggled with that word a lot because I feel like it can have so many other meanings um, or so many meanings mm-hmm. and defining, you know, exactly who I am and what I, what I do. Um, there's a whole lot of words that I think I would put in there and there isn't one outside of this word that really does it as well as this word. Um, so nutrition um, is another word that we hear a lot. Health mm-hmm. or healthy is another word that we hear a lot. Um, wellness in my world is I like to take every individual um, unique in who they are and really look at what, what is their story? Who are they? What is it that they want in their life? What is it that they have going in their life or don't have going in their life? And then what does that look like from a mind, body, and, and spirit um, as a whole? Um, and I really take everyone individually. So I have a formula called the B formula, and I have you know some key components within that formula that each individual can follow, but each of them are individually tweaked for every person that I work with because we're all unique and we all need, um, we all need our own unique plan and Mm -hmm. we all need all of those elements to make us a whole. Excellent. So it's, it's way more than just eat more salad and work out for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. whole, Whole different depth. And how did you come to really looking uniquely at the individual from the whole wellness perspective. Was there one 
um, like model of wellness or being a health expert that you started with and just expanded? Yeah, so I definitely started sort of one thing at a time, although I will say that, um, well, there's a couple things with this. I was thrown into this differently than many of us are, but definitely similar to what many of us are. Um, I was diagnosed about 10 and a half years ago, 10 years ago or so with uh, stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So mm-hmm. in my early thirties, you know, doing what I believe were all the right things at the time and to get a diagnosis like that, it fast forwarded, it sped up uh, my journey to finding whole health. Now, that being said, I will also tell you that it brought other things to a screeching halt. So it opened up, as life does, I believe, in a journey, doors open as we're ready for them to open. And Mm -hmm. as long as we're open to what the world wants to show us, those doors just kind of keep going as we, you know, walk down the path that we're supposed to. So I kept my mind open to what was possible and I kept you know, pushing and researching and studying and moving forward. And so it didn't all happen at once. Um, but I would say gradually, you know, I went from things like changing the way I ate to knowing that my mindset and meditating and taking time to be still um, were important. Um, spirituality is important, you know, what you believe in and how you know, grounded in that you are or aren't and how you're living that out every day. Mm-hmm. So all of those pieces, but knowing that it isn't something that, that any person can have overnight. Right. And I want to kind of circle back into what you said too. Like when you found out you had cancer, you owned another business, right? I did. Yes. So what happened particularly for you, um, with the business and as you were you were shifting you know, into eating healthier and, and evolving from there like how did that change for you yeah so in my early 30s um, I was at that place in my life where oh so we had four kids under the age of six at the time my husband had a new his he had been practiced he's a chiropractor he had been practicing for a few years but we were building a new office I had just sold my company. I was in the mortgage industry for a number of years and I had sold that and I had started a new company for women. Um, It was called B and, you know, I was really excited at what I believed the future was going to hold. You know, we make all of these plans for the future and often aren't um, conscious to where we're at in the present. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of in that mode. I was in that mode of, well, this is the way life is supposed to be. And I wasn't, you know, sleeping the best. And I've always been a decent eater and definitely an exerciser, but didn't realize the amount of stress I was putting on myself. And so, um, I don't know, we talked a little bit about, you know, leadership and what that looks like. And what I wanted to do in that time in my life is I wanted to show women how to be leaders, not only for themselves, but then come together and do that in the world. And after my cancer diagnosis and 10 years later, that view has shifted significantly. And how has that shifted? I would say that part of it is likely my age. 
Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is the experiences that I've had through my cancer, my treatment, raising children, just life, the journey, right. um, the uncovering of things. I, I guess if I had to put a finger on today, what I have today that I didn't have 10 years ago, it's a whole lot of wisdom, uh, insight into who I am. You know, leadership mm-hmm. comes from who you are. And at 30 something years old, I didn't have it figured out yet. And I still don't. And I don't know that I'll ever arrive. But in 10 years of exploration and trying things and, you know, the struggles that I've been through facing death, um, you know, raising teenagers, kids to, you know, teenagers, I've had a lot of experiences and experiences give us wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that wisdom allows in, in, you know, my particular case, I've allowed that wisdom to give me insight into who I am. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, becoming more and more and more comfortable every day in who I was created to be and what my strengths are, which makes me an even better leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how did going through the whole experience of cancer, um, having some wisdom now, like when you stepped back into and starting to build this business, um, did you have to do things differently? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, it's been a struggle. And I'm, I've been talking a lot about that and, you know, just some social media things, you know, some of my email blasts, you know, I've even, I've had to get real with myself how hard this has been. Um, it's been a struggle not to feel like a failure. Um, I don't believe there is such thing as failure. I believe that we can, you know, it's perspective. We choose, we can choose to take the experiences we have and turn those into a learning experience. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been working a lot on that. Um, you know, life never really turns out, um, as we plan. There's always, even when we believe we've arrived, which we don't, there's always somebody out there that's going to have done more or done it better or been stronger or gone that extra distance or, you know, made more money, you know, whatever that looks like. And, and so just getting to the place, I think of feeling comfortable with the fact that the way it's going to look today isn't necessarily going to be what it was in the past, but I may have a vision of the future that doesn't even turn out the way that I envision it today either. Right. So one, one day at a time. Okay. Yeah. Cause you had said too, like, as you were creating your business right before you found out you had cancer, like you were spending a lot of time future thinking and not in the present of your wellness. And yes. as you've created your, your new business here and, and really looking at wellness as a, a holistic piece, are there a couple components that you had to shift your thinking about, or is there things that you had to do differently as you're building this business now so that you're, you are more present. Yeah, I think a big thing would be not having expectations of certain outcomes because life happens every single day. And so I've really focused a lot when I work with, you know, whether it's at a retreat with women or, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in a group together, I really work a lot on teaching women and it's part of the B formula, you know, conscious thinking, being present. And I think the problem with that in the world, when we hear that message is, 
okay, but how do we do that? That sounds great. And I would love to do that. But how Mm -hmm. do we do that? And so really teaching women the importance of it. Because if you can't be conscious of where you're at right now, like visceral, feel it, hear it, smell it, taste it, you know, all of those things, Mm -hmm. tomorrow really doesn't matter because we're not promised tomorrow. And so it's taking the experience of every day, you know, getting up with intention every day um, and living that day to the fullest. And then tomorrow you get to do the same thing again. And tomorrow you get to do the same thing again. Absolutely. Is there something that you start your day with so that you can get present? Because I know a lot of people wake up in the morning and their monkey mind's running amok and it takes them a really long time to reset so that they can yeah. they feel more positive. Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last 10 years is anything that we want want to change, we have to practice before we actually make that change something that becomes a habit. Right. And we know that, we can read that, 21 days, you can create a new habit, 60, I think it's 63 days, and the white matter of your brain, the science behind it. I think it begins to start changing at 21 days, but I think it's yeah. pretty significant by 63. Um, right. A lot of neuro, neuroscience behind that, but getting, getting people out of their heads and into their hearts, into that space of who they are, <clears throat> it's something when you talk about it, I think people in just in passing would say, oh, that's woo-woo. You know, that, that's crazy. It's not crazy. You know, getting into your heart space and really being able to um, exist in the space that you're in is powerful. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Absolutely. And, and I'll be totally honest because I've been playing this a lot lately in like, how can I be more connected to myself on a more consistent, more regular basis? And I was at yoga last night and the instructor is, you know, let's set an intention tonight. You know, just as you're, we're getting started here, mine's like, I'm going to stay, you know, fully connected to myself and be present. And halfway through the yoga practice, I'm writing my grocery list. I'm having a conversation that I want to have with my boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't fully present. I had to really reframe so I could finish and, and meet the intention. And I'm sure that's pretty common with a lot of people. Very common. Very. And I think that the, again, we set this expectation. So I was thinking actually, as you were talking, um, I remember those days of going into yoga class and so wanting to be present. I so wanted it. And they would say, set your intention for your practice. And I would say to myself, okay, this is going to be my intention. And I would fight with myself through the entire practice, Mm -hmm. trying to be in my intention. And I missed the whole point. And, you know, this is where practice comes in, you know, and in practice, you have to have grace. You have to be able to forgive yourself for not being perfect. You have to be able to let go of things. So a lot of getting into a place where you're really able to be conscious and experience, truly experience who you are, is understanding some of the elements of what that's going to look like first. Because when we don't know, then we kind of wander blindly into something. And so then we set expectations 
that actually set us up for failure. So I think knowing is important what this is going to look like. And I think making a plan. And then I think being able to be flexible with how we do this. And then the practice. The practice is the most important. So my immediate thought when we were talking, when you were talking about going into a yoga class um, and having experienced this myself would be tell yourself for one month, you're just going to make it to the yoga class. Doesn't matter what happens when you're there. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you even do all the poses. You don't have to set an intention. You don't have to do anything other than just be there. You know, so we start in baby steps from where someone's at. Right. Then maybe the next month it's okay. Now I'm going to try to set an intention. And there are different ways to do that depending on, again, where you're at in your life, what kind of learner you are, how much you know or don't know about what an intention even is, and Mm -hmm. what is your expectation of what does that look like. So a lot of it's just getting to know ourselves and what that looks like. Because a lot of, and that's where I try to be different when you ask me the question of, you know, you're a whole self. Um, I'm, I'm sort of an out of the box whole self coach because I like to find ways to make things work for every single individual. And we're all different. So a standardized yep. formula doesn't work. No, no. I could collect, you know, a, a thousand women that could all do it one way um, right. if I wanted to do that. But I don't because I really enjoy getting to know every every woman that I work with mm-hmm. in their own unique way and figuring out and finding it's like a, it's, it's like a mystery to me. And I'm, you know, I love the energy of people and I like to feel that and I like to kind of figure them out and, uh, and then help them figure out or see what it is that I see when I work with them. Right. Had you used this presence and this kind of intentional consciousness in your business building? Prior to cancer, no, I did not. Um, I didn't even really know that it it existed. I was one of those humans that would say yoga. Oh, heck no. I can't lay down for an hour on a mat and I've got too much to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I would go, I did try it a couple of times. I always left really frustrated, really frustrated because I had an expectation of what it was supposed to be like and I couldn't get myself there. Right. After my diagnosis, my mindset had completely shifted. Um, At that point, I was in a mindset of I need to learn everything there is to know about myself and my body and my mental state and, and, you know, physical, mental, spiritual, I need to learn it all. Mm -hmm. And I, that being said, I have done more courses, certifications, classes, I mean, honestly, I'm all the time working to kind of, to figure things out and tweak things and make things better. And, um, and then teaching other people, you know, without Mm -hmm. having to take all of these things and do all of these things. um, What's a path that is maybe easier to get to. So, and I found accountability is huge in that. Really? With yourself? Yes. Having accountability and having support. I love it. So what's next for you um, as you're growing your business and, and really doing things differently? Do you feel like 
you have more possibility and you can choose more wisely now? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's been interesting. And you asked me this question earlier, and I think I side-skidded it a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, the last couple of years, uh, roughly two years ago, I made the decision that I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. I had gotten mm -hmm. lost in my cancer. I had allowed it to be a crutch in my life, um, used it as an excuse to not do some of the things, even though I was doing a lot of things, I, I used it as an excuse not to get to certain places in my life that I knew I needed to go to. Mm -hmm. So the last two years have been a journey to self. And the, the discovery of that has been, it's been amazing. Every day is amazing. I will continue, you know, until my last day here, I'll continue to learn and I'll continue to grow in that. Um, but now what I feel like is now I finally have the pieces to bring back together to really be able to work with women in a way that I couldn't have worked with them 10 years ago. I wouldn't have had, like I said in the beginning, I wouldn't have had that experience. I wouldn't have had that wisdom. And I don't mm -hmm. know, I've always been a very compassionate person, but even my level of compassion and what I want for women in the world is just, it's, it's so much deeper. Right. So I'm curious too, because your business is aging like a badass. Yeah. So with the wisdom that you have, and I think most women don't want to age and not that they necessarily want to look like they're 20, but are resistant to the wrinkles and the things that happen just naturally and are supposed to happen. How do you help them find and be well in that space? So Aging Like a Badass came about, it's actually, I have a podcast mm -hmm. um, called Aging Like a Badass. And that came about because you're right, we do resist getting older. The inevitable in, so how do I, how do I explain this simply? Because there's so much, so much behind this. Right. Um, the science of aging is actually we will end up living longer as time goes on. They're figuring things out, you know, and in in, from a science standpoint that we will live longer. We will live a higher quality of life than we're living now at some point. But the inevitable is death. We will all die at some point. Even mm -hmm. if we stretch age out to 150 or 200 at some point or whatever, the inevitable right now is death here on earth. So how my thing with aging like a badass, I do touch on in my podcast, we, you know, talk about the crazy things people do not to age. Like you read my book chapter was about uh, wrinkles are not the problem, they're the solution. And I talked about a mm -hmm. friend who had had a bird poop facial. Mm -hmm. So people do some crazy things not to look physically older. But inside, I think it ends up becoming more about letting go of life, not wanting to get to a place where, you know, our physical bodies were not able to do the things we were able to do anymore. We're not able to think the way we were able to anymore. We're not able to compete in the ways that we were anymore. So what I like to work with, with people is how do we grow stronger and better as we hit each of those milestones? That again, we may have set an expectation around 
that isn't even close to what it's going to look like. Does that make sense? So I might think at 60, eh, I'm not going to climb Mount Everest at 60. No way. My knees are going to be shot and I'm not going to be able to breathe and whatever I tell myself, right? right? The the story. But but who says that? Why can't I climb Mount Everest at 60 years old? And why can't I start today doing things that can help my body to be better by the time I reach that age, including my mindset? Absolutely. I think that's so important for people to get is that we have so many things that we put in front of ourselves that limit us, whether it's climbing Mount Everest or, you know, doing something else in our business or why we're not eating healthy. And I love what you're saying, like, just start now with a couple of small tweaks or steps. And another important thing, you know, and this has been a message lately that keeps coming to me in so many ways, whether it's, you know, through something I'm reading, it's a, you know, a friend says it to me, it's church, you know, wherever I'm at, this message is coming to me a lot. So I know I'm supposed to listen to this. And, and I know that it's important is when you get up every day and set your intention and you look at your life, our purpose here we're going to have a different purpose every single day of our life. We're not, we're not all going to have, you know, one sole purpose here. We have a purpose every day that we get up. And so the question, and Oprah says this really well in a speech that she gave um, to on a college campus, she said that your legacy is in how many lives you touch throughout the time that you're here. And so if we just wake up every day in that, who are we going to touch today? How are we going to, how are we going to be of service today in this world? Mm -hmm. I, I love that because I think when you start coming from that place of who can I be of service, who can I help, who do I get to touch and potentially leave them with something, whether it's small or big, a few words or an entire book, it can be life changing for them. Yes. And for you. Yeah. I think age changes. The way we look at age changes when we wake up every day and it's not about us. It's about, it's about how can we be in service to others? Now, Mm -hmm. one thing I want to say with that, that I want to caution because I think, and I'm going to, I'm speaking for women here. So if, if any men listen, men can speak for men, but as women, we tend to give a lot of ourselves to everybody, oftentimes more to others than we do ourselves. So when I say get up and ask yourself, how can I be of service to the world? I don't mean, how can I forget about who I am and just give everything I have away to everybody else? That's not at all. You have to love yourself enough to know there's a balance there. There's a balance of you have to love yourself first. You have to know who you are first before you ever can really be in service to anybody else. Absolutely. And I, I love the clarification in that. And this is what I say to my clients and my tribe of people too, is you have to be selfish and, and experience the self-love of taking care of yourself first before you can help anybody else. Yes. Yes. And teaching women how to do that. I would say if Mm -hmm. I had one, one big goal, and I looked at wellness as one thing, 
I think the number one thing I would focus on every single day with every woman that I meet, and I do try to do this with every Mm -hmm. woman that I meet, I try to point out, even if it's just pointing out something in a subtle way about them that they don't believe is possible. It's how do you love yourself? How do you get to the place where you really, truly, truly know who you are? And I mean the who you are that was born you know, X number of years ago, not the who mm-hmm. you are that you've created, who you were when you were born is who you are today. It might just be covered up. So right. knowing that person and loving that human being, because nobody can be you and you can't be anybody else ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's a good reminder for all of us because it's easy to take on everybody else's demands, wants, desires, and completely lose track or faith of like the, our core being. Mm-hmm. So, and one last switch- thing I would say oh. um, for women, you know, we're powerful. And we, as we walk around, you know, in any space that we're in, we influence, we are influenced, influencing each other in every way, whether we believe we are or not. Good self-esteem, mm-hmm. bad self-esteem, we're influencing each other. So my encouragement or what I would you know, really want women to do is as you walk around and you see other women, see them and let them know that you see them in a way that helps them feel better about who they are. So notice them. Don't look them up and down with, you know, what they're wearing or what their hair looks like or how right. they ran that marathon. Like, see them. We all just want to be seen. Yeah. Everybody just go do that. Because it's, I agree. I totally agree. We don't, we're too busy. We're on our way in our heads to go do something else. And, and I think that contributes to the disconnectedness that a lot of people are experiencing, even though we're all on social media clacking away at, um, you know, posting this, that, or the other thing. Yep, for sure. So I want to switch gears for a couple of minutes um, and talk about your your book, um, Wrinkles Aren't the Problem. What was the catalyst for that? There are multiple different chapters and they're written by uh, other individuals. So this is a, this is a book called Life Boost. Okay. And my chapter um, in the book came from, I think my age, partially. Uh, definitely my journey of, you know, being at this place in life, I talk and some of the, the speaking in that that I do, I talk about feeling like in some ways I've lost a decade. When I was diagnosed with cancer, it put me into having, you know, we all, we all put these masks on, these images on what society tells us we are and we aren't. Well, cancer is a big one. When you're told right. you have cancer, it's a hard one to get off because I still go in every six months you know, for checkups. Mm -hmm. And so I lost my thirties. I feel like I lost my thirties. So entering into my forties, it was honestly all of a sudden, like I woke up one day, literally one day and looked in the mirror and I was like, "Oh, Oh my gosh, who is this? Like I had a few gray hairs and my eyes weren't the same. I was having trouble, you know, with seeing certain things. And I noticed wrinkles on my face that hadn't been there. And of course, we know this didn't happen overnight, but I hadn't been paying attention. And I hadn't had the normal 
you know, decade of my 30s to start thinking about what my 40s would look like. So there was no preparation for waking up that that day and and body aches and not feeling like when I exercised that I recovered as quickly. And, you know, there were all these things. And so I wrote the chapter um, that time that that happened, I panicked. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I did. I went to the plastic surgeon, a friend of ours, and I, I went to inquire about Botox. I said I'd never do it. I'd said that before, but I also never thought I'd get wrinkles. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And I went to him, and I left, and I had set up an appointment. And the day before the appointment, I called and canceled it and thought, um, are you crazy? Like, Stop. You're like reacting to this. And so I just started thinking about it and thinking about my mindset and aging and all that had happened. And it became this exploration of self. And so that's where it came from, that, that the fact that I looked in the mirror and looked different, older, mm-hmm. that I was aging, wasn't the problem. The problem was deeper. And I had to get to the core of the real problem in order to find the solution to how I was going to go into my fifties at some point. Right. So that's where it came from. And, you know, the, the title and some of the things in there, you know, your, your girlfriend, you go out for lunch and I have, you know, a close, close group of girlfriends and we talk about everything mm-hmm. and just had had this conversation one day. And one of them, we were talking about the crazy things we've done to prevent aging. And I honestly haven't done anything super crazy yet because I hadn't thought about it. And some of them were talking and one of them had said they'd done a bird proof facial and I almost fell off my chair. I was like, what? You did what? You smeared (laughs) bird poop all over your face? And then of course me, like, and being in a close group of friends, we all love each other. I said, well, you don't look any younger. So it didn't work. (laughs) So, yeah. What were the supposed benefits of the bird poop? Do we know? I don't know. Enzyme. I didn't ask that question. I maybe should have, or I could have Googled it. Enzymes in the poop, the th- whatever, you know, this would be, okay, I'm going to think scientifically for a minute and give you an answer that I don't know is the answer, but this is what logically might come to my mind. These particular birds aren't the ones out flying around randomly. These would be special birds fed a very special diet and whatever happens to food as it goes through the digestive tract of a bird, when it comes out the other end, it has some sort of superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would tell you. And man, I could probably put that in a bottle and sell it. Right. Okay. Cool. If, if somebody wanted to get a copy of your book, where can they do that? Yeah, they can go to aginglikeabadass.com. Okay, awesome. And they can download it for free. Cool. And you can also check out the podcast. It's on iHeartRadio. It's also called Aging Like a Badass. All right. Can they, is it the same website or can they Google that? If they just go to, so it, it'll be up on all the podcast sites soon, Apple, all of them. But right now it's just on iHeartRadio. Okay. And so if they just go to iHeartRadio and they type in aging like a badass, it should pop right up. Awesome. Okay, cool. This has been such an interesting conversation. Um, I loved having you on, particularly learning about bird poop facials. That's going to (laughs) be 
<laughs> I think one of the highlights. Um, and, and in complete contrast of most of our conversation of really being aware of who you are, what you want from your day, and, and being present in those moments instead of, you know, three weeks down the line. Um, because I think we all need that constant reminder because the grocery yep. store list pops up, I think, yep. because it is the practice. Yes, it's true. So, Very true. Yeah. So thank you so much. I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to, to connect. And for everybody who is listening, um, we will see you next week. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.